The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations on Voice America. I'm Maureen Metcalf. Today, we'll be talking to three people, two who actually speak English as a second or a third language, so you're going to hear a few accents one from Portugal and one from Spain. The first person we're going to be talking to is Jim Ritchie Dunham. He's the president of Vibrancy Incorporated, adjunct professor at Harvard, and also president of the Institute for Strategic Clarity. Jim teaches at several large universities internationally. Second is Ana Claudia Goncleves. Uh, She has 22 years of experience in multinational companies as a proven executive in international environments with a profound knowledge of strategy, transformation, and coaching. She served in international positions in 10 countries, including Portugal, Spain, France, the UK, Italy, Brazil, Angola, China, Mexico, and the US. And our third guest is Annabelle Membrio, who works as a collaborative partner with a wide variety of organizations exploring new ways of doing things in groups how to design organizations and change processes with vibrancy and the ecosynomics framework. And we'll be talking about those extensively in the interview. Her work focuses on formal exploration and descriptive research on how vibrancy manifests in organizations in Mexico and the U.S. She also facilitates dialogues focused on generating strong communities. The goal of these Voice America shows, in my mind, is to expose emerging leaders and leaders to some of the latest thinking, and this show is a crossover between our executive series and the thought leader series. So, Anna Claudia, who has been a CEO, will be talking about how she's used the vibrancy framework within her organization and the value it brought. And Annabelle has, uh, was her implementation consultant, so she brings extensive background in a broad range of organizations using this framework. What I hope you walk away with today is a sense of how this might work in your organization. So what can you do, even if you don't have access to Jim the Harvard guy, or Annabelle the implementation person, or Anna Claudia the CEO, we hope you take away some ideas that you can consider in creating vibrancy in your own organization. So the catch line for all of this is vibrancy is a choice. It's based on the agreements we make and all of us have the option to make different choices in our daily lives. We'll give websites information at the end of the interview so that you can get a hold of information. Uh, we, You can also look at the Metcalf and Associates blog series. There are several blogs on vibrancy. So now let's go to Anna Claudia talking about her experience with implementing vibrancy in her organization, which was as the CEO of an IT company in a large international bank. So, Anna Claudia, please tell us a little bit more about your background and why did you choose Vibrancy with all of the stuff that's available out there and and what results did you get? Hello, Maureen. Um, I'm, I start with, um, just to give you a brief uh, idea of my background, I start as a strategic consulting uh, consultant, an international firm, and um, I worked uh, for eight years um, in in that environment of uh, strategic consulting and strategic thinking. Um, 
connected also with change management at that time. Then I, I start work uh, with more um, commercial areas and um, after that uh, I've done several projects as um, uh, independent consultant myself and when uh, I start to work in this group uh, we had a really interesting challenge that was um, something um, that wasn't new for me uh, in a sense that was uh, implementation, a big transformation, um, implementation of a new cooperative model and um, I had to do that and I was invited to do that in a way uh, that uh, bring to us, to the company, more results. And uh, as a CEO, uh, you know that uh, it's what we are looking for. It's the concrete uh, and tangible results. And um, in that implementation, uh, I was asked to do it, but not tell how to do it. So in what I first has done, have done is it was um, apply everything that I learned as a strategy consultant and change management consultant and um, I start to work in a transformational journey and I work with the people, uh, I work with the group, the culture, I work uh, with um, how can we improve the way we envision uh, new products and develop processes to bring those products to life. And um, I worked with the way how to develop um, creativity inside of the company. So um, those, are, those were the kind of things that I was used to uh, work in, uh, in a strategic consultant as a strategic consultant in an independent way uh, and I saw the opportunity to do that all together because it makes sense uh, from my experience that we have to do that all together in order to achieve better results because uh, my, my experience goes in an observation that whenever we are able to do that kind of orchestration the results they just come much better than uh, in the beginning. So can you tell us specifics about the vibrancy assessment that, that you took and then what kind of actions did that lead you to use to improve your bottom line? Um, the vibrancy, when I saw vibrancy for the first time, I had uh, four years of doing this kind of transformational processes uh, in this intuitive basis. And when I uh, get to know the vibrancy uh, framework, I said, oh my God, I'm not the, the only one who thinks that is really uh, the way of get better results. And um, then I thought that I, I understand that there is a, a survey that can give me the measurement the tangible measurement of the evolution of a transition uh, transformational journey so um, for me it was really interesting to have concrete measures of where we are as a company and what kind of evolution we can propose based on that to reach the new stage of evolution in the company and measure that transformational process because normally as a consultant never ever before I was able to prove the results of a transformational process and that was the first time that I found uh, tools concrete tools at uh, a euro level <laughs> uh, dollar level um, to really measure the impact of a transformation so you, the measures were both the vibrancy measures, so in 
what people um, may be more familiar with is some of the Gallup engagement surveys. So uh, Jim's work, again, is Harvard research background. So this is highly validated, structured analysis. And also, you looked at bottom line dollar results, right? What, what was the impact of changing the vibrancy of our organization on the results of our business? And I think that's what's so interesting. Having done consulting for years, I, I've heard people say, you know, it's nice that people are happy, but what I really need to do is deliver returns to our shareholders. And if it doesn't do that, I don't know that I get to be nice. I have to deliver returns. So what what did you do that both increased vibrancy and drove bottom line results? Um, actually, I my thinking about what you said um, is it's a bit different because um, I really believe, and I have uh, these uh, at least two proven case studies that are not case studies, life life case studies, um, where if we do the things better, we have better results than we expected. And here, here is the, the slight difference, because uh, we all search for good results, but whenever we searching in, a, in the search of excellent results, I just know in 20, 22 years of experience, I just know one way to achieve that, and is by increasing the vibrancy and this this term vibrancy may may not sound uh, or may sound um, unfamiliar in in the organizational and corporate uh, environment but this vibrancy is incre increasing the capacity of each of the members of the of the organization to deliver her, their best so if i'm working with more of the potential of each of the persons in the organization, I will achieve a much better result. So having studied with Jim also, what I've learned is take the survey, get the results, and then focus on underlying agreements. So I deliver more vibrancy by changing the agreements we have within the organization. So can, and I understand that you did the assessment across multiple groups. So why don't we shift to Annabelle and tell us a little bit about how you structured the engagement and then moved from survey to agreements mapping that allowed you to identify the agreements that were impacting vibrancy and results. Uh, well, one of the first thing that we did, uh, well, and, and, and I need to tell how I was engaged in this project because I think that also talks a lot about that it was designed in a very different perspective than we usually think of going into a change management process. So um, when I was talking with Anna Claudia in the first day I, I met her uh, in, that, in that moment, uh, I was asking her what she wanted to see at the end of the whole process. And uh, she answered me that she wanted to to do, to build the whole chain process to prepare people for life. And that is related to what she was talking about, that if we really focus on the potential of people, then you are going to be having extraordinary results. So uh, in the beginning, we only apply the survey to, to the CEOs and, and the directors and, and the board. Uh, but the second year, we apply the survey to the whole company, and that that gave us a, a really big surprise. That was that that we find out that inside the company, we already uh, have a living example of extraordinary result. So for that specific group, that was a, a group with fifty people, around fifty people. And they were having a really nice set of agreements that allows them to be extraordinary in the way they were like having the outcomes, the, the outcomes that the the outcomes that the bank was asking for. 
Uh, but they also had um, the, that set of agreements that allows them to be uh, taking care of people and how people was uh, behaving and wha how people was communicating and, and, and in all those set of different agreements that makes you uh, design the the change process, the change management process in a different way. So that that was one of the biggest thing for me that that that, that big surprise that we find out that we already have a, a really big group with a different set of agreements. So that was the second year and the last year we also apply the the whole survey to the to the group, and uh, that was for us to be looking at how those agreements were changing during time and to to see and to to analyze from a very different perspective how we can be like uh asking ourselves the underlying assumptions about that and how to redesign the next step for for the group so what i hear is a few different approaches uh, one as a good consultant we would want to know what is the final outcome I heard a lot more measurement than I have experienced on some engagements especially engagements that deal with kind of the quote soft stuff that there was measurement every year about how the organization was doing and that the measurement also included measurement for profitability and changes. And I'm assuming that, Anna Claudia, you had to report that on a regular basis. Can you tell us in a minute or so just rough order of magnitude of numbers so that listeners can understand, like, do I really want to do this? And, and what's the impact that it would make on my organization, understanding that all organizations are a bit different? I can share some some um, of the detailed information, uh, and uh, for instance, I, I choose uh, something that's related with uh, knowledge sharing, and uh, we improved uh, from uh, one base where one person have one su it was a subject one subject matter uh, expert to uh, four years after they are they have four subject matter where they are experts. And that have a huge impact in the bottom line because we can uh, have more work, we can solve more problems with the same team, we can do a much better uh, program of uh, backup and uh, we have uh, definitely a capacity of delivering much more flexible. And as a software and IT company, succession planning, risk management, having more than one person manages risk in a way that is required to run a successful organization. So we're going to go to break. This is Maureen Metcalf with Anna Claudia, Jim Ritchie Dunham, and Annabelle talking about vibrancy in Anna Claudia's organization. When we return, Jim's going to give us a little bit of background about what this is, and then we're going to go back to Anna Claudia talking about her experiences. Thank you. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one -on -one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. 
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Are you looking to get noticed in today's business world? Listen for Chat with Chickles, what they couldn't teach you in business school. This is the show that will help you survive and thrive in business today. It's what you can do differently that will help you stand apart from everybody else in the field. Lisa Chickles and her guests can show you just how to gain that unique edge. Chat with Chickles can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, this is Maureen Metcalf. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today we're talking about vibrancy with Jim Ritchie Dunham, Anna Claudia, and Annabelle. Jim, if you would talk to us a little bit about what is vibrancy, and honestly, we're 7 billion people on the planet, and we're talking about creating a more vibrant world, maybe one organization at a time, hopefully more than one at a time, or this won't happen very quickly. What is it and why does it matter? This is your life's work, and so this must be really important stuff to you. Great to be with you, Maureen. The question that we're asking is when we find groups, um, individuals that are doing what we seem to think as extraordinary um, results and experiences, what are they doing? And this is a question that a lot of us have been asking for a long time. And we pair that up with the surveys recently, like the Gallup study that shows that most people are unengaged or actively disengaged in their communities or organizations globally. And why in the world are we doing this? So when we, as we started to find groups that were doing what we thought was extraordinary, what is it that differentiates these groups? So to do that, we created a survey to say, what is it that people are doing when they say, I'm really energized by when I'm in this community. I love being here. And we get just these amazing results. I said, cool, well, how long have you been doing that? Well, about 20 years. So that sounds to me like this whole sustainability question. And what is it that people are doing that are, are getting such great results? So we designed, designed this survey to see if we could differentiate between people's experiences of groups that were not really awful to awful to really great. And what is it that differentiated them? Um, this is a survey that now has over 2,700 responses, 94 countries, big organizations to very small, communities, government, business, civil society networks, so a wide variety. And what we're finding is this thing um, we'll call a good vibe, a vibrancy. Um, it's a term that at first sounds very fluffy, new agey, but it's a term that comes out of people describing the difference between when I feel really energized in a group and when I don't, right? Um, I have to medicate myself after being with you people is a low vibrancy experience. Um, I, I just don't want to be with you. We saw a recent medal that people were handing out to each other. I survived another meeting that should have been an email. I'm highly disengaged and I really don't want to be here. I don't even know why I'm in this meeting. I'm only here because somebody put it on my calendar to people saying, I'm really stepping into my potential and learning every day and I love being here and I always bring my best. And that people can do this on a regular basis. So vibrancy is this, what is the experience that I'm having? How do I relate to the experience I'm having and how I show up, how I see myself respected and supported by others? Um, what is the contribution that I'm invited to make to the group? Are we able in this group to see possibilities and how we want to develop them and manifest specific outcomes? 
or we're just focused on the outcomes. And where does creativity come? It's just from the book, and this is what you're supposed to do. Shut up. I'm not asking. Or, you know, creativity is everywhere, and we really want to play in it. So what we're finding is that people prefer to be highly engaged and to be able to make their unique contributions and bring the best ideas that they can and getting to play in that kind of way. So the survey differentiates where you are in that and really starts to support the question of there's a choice. Do you know both of these experiences from very low energy or energy sucking experiences to energy enhancing experiences? Do you know and do you have a preference? Everybody so far says they prefer the high energy one. And then it's not a surprise when we do our research and the statistical analysis and the visits with over 100 groups in a dozen countries that we've gone with to say that places where people, as Anna Claudia described earlier, that are highly energized, highly engaged, bringing the best that they can, learning all day long, um, deliver much better results. So even just from a basic leadership perspective, I'm paying for these folks to be here and I'm not getting anything out of them or they're actively disengaged and terrorizing my company, or they're here and they're highly engaged in bringing the best that they can because they deeply care about what we're doing in each other and really supporting each other in them. So what we found in all of that work is the difference is in these agreements that we have and starting to see why is it that we're in this group that really is quite awful, but over here we're in a group that's pretty good or great. And to say, well, it's because they have different agreements. So while you can get very sophisticated in the consultancy and the strategy of what the agreements are, I think what we're finding is most of the time it's just a very basic question of, are you liking the experience you're having? And you're like, no. Ask other people in your group. Are they liking it? And they'll often say no. Say, well, could we choose different agreements? Say, oh, you know, we actually could choose different agreements because we make them up. And this is where we come to, as you said earlier, vibrancy is a choice. If we choose to live a different way, then let's ask each other, well, what would we like our agreements to be? And do we have experiences of what they could look like? And so the survey is an instrument that we have that's available online for free at the Institute to support you in seeing, well, where are we in our agreements? And what agreements could we choose to have a different experience and then achieve these kinds of outcomes that Annabelle and Anna Claudia were talking about? So we've been talking a lot about agreements. Can you give us a couple of concrete examples? What do I agree to when I go to work other than I show up and you pay me? But but I also realize there are lots of nuanced agreements, everything from performance appraisals to how do I get invited to meetings and do I get to say no? So can you give us a couple of examples maybe from clients you've worked with and how they've changed their agreements to change the experience people have at work? Excellent. So I'll start with uh, one is when we uh, does our agreement say that I am a cog in the wheel, uh, a cog in the machine of this place, and I'm infinitely replaceable by anybody. And so if that's true, then our agreement is that um, my voice isn't invited. I'm here to do my job because of the capacities that I bring. And so in many communities like that, we see we sign a contract. And I love that word to contract somebody to say, of all the things that you are, what I really want, Maureen, is just your capacity to do this one thing. And if you start bringing anything else, leave that at the door because we're not interested. And that's an agreement that we're making when we bring you in for a specific thing that you're doing and I don't want to know any of the rest of the stuff and you're infinitely replaceable at any moment by anybody else. A very different agreement that we're finding, and that tends to be in what we're calling these low vibrancy groups, right? That it's just not very engaging to be brought in that way. I can do it, and people are marathon runners and can do this for very long periods of time. It's shocking that humans can do that. But it's not a very engaging, energizing place, and people that do that tend to have to medicate by running or getting a cup of coffee or going for a beer or doing something other than that with those people afterwards. Contrast to that, we find groups that are really inviting and said, I want you to bring the best of who you are. That's why it's exciting to have you in our community. And what is it that you're learning about yourself as you're doing this so that you can bring ever more of who you are? I mean, that's why you're here because you're just an amazing individual to have in our community. And I want to know what you're seeing and learning and being of who you are to bring the best. So I invite your unique contribution and therefore I expect your best contribution. And so in those communities that we're finding that we're labeling these high vibrancy groups where people describe it that way and very energizing, they don't talk about contracts, they talk about invitations. I'm inviting the best of you. But our declaration, our statement to each other is, 
because I'm inviting the best of you and you are, then 100% participation is required because you're really good at what you do and I need you to be there. So you have to participate. So shifting from a contract where people are in meetings that they don't even know why they're there because it's on their calendars to saying you're invited to participate and therefore almost 100% participation is required because you're the one that brings that voice. So shifting from contracts to invitations, shifting from I have to compensate you. Don't you love that compensation? I have to compensate you for being here and giving of your flesh and blood to be here versus in a growth conversation about what is the value you bring and what is the value we bring to you for your unique contribution. Those are examples of very specific organizations. I'm thinking an accounting firm and a textile mill. So we're not talking about things that would be lovely if they existed. These are real companies doing that on a daily basis. So I use this methodology with one of my clients, and one of the things I really like is the differentiation between the three levels of vibrancy. So in the highest vibrancy level, my client was able to see the possibilities of what he was creating, and this client had amazing vision. The next level is, with that vision, what do I need to develop in my people and my organization to make that possible? And then the third level is the outcomes. And it was interesting to look at the group. We had some people who could meet him in the place of possibility, and other people, when he would say what was possible, they really were pretty convinced that he had just come back from Colorado and was probably taking in something that was mood altering and consciousness altering and then there were people who got it that he could create this vision they didn't know how we were going to get there but they trusted him and and then going through this very structured process of if this is our vision what do we need to do to get there and are we on board and what agreements do we need to have in place to do that and then third delivering results what stuff has to get done every day to make this possible and I think a lot of the disconnect is we've got some leaders who live in the place of possibility but they don't get stuff done and so they they don't have staying power we've got other people who focus on this process stuff and again they they may be very effective at producing results but not necessarily driving toward the vision and then we've got people who are just delivering outcomes but again not necessarily moving in the direction of the things we need them to be producing to generate value for our businesses. So part of the beauty for me of this framework is connecting vision and visionary people with the work we're doing, with the outcomes we're creating. And not everyone is, as we walk into the room when we start, able to see this outcome but creating an environment where everyone has a role. As Jim said, they bring their best to the organization and it's required. And the feeling of, I'm a trusted member of this team and what I bring is important is so different, at least to me, from clients where I'm just saying, tell me what to do because it doesn't matter what I think. You're just, I'm a pair of hands. And I imagine most of our listeners have had those experiences once or twice or daily, weekly, um, where, where we're, the organizations in which we work may not even know what we're good at. They just know I have this thing and I do it. And I, I worked with one client where um, one of our employees in his spare time raised a couple hundred thousand dollars a year to cure cancer. And he was working full time on his regular job. So he wasn't just doing this and not doing his job. Nobody had any idea of this amazing capacity he had, and they really thought he didn't deliver much results. So clearly the results he was delivering in his nonprofit were extensive, and yet he was such a mismatch for the organization that he was seen as a a low performer. And so how, as leaders, do we engage the precious humans who are dedicating their lives to doing our work in a way that, that... really allows them to deliver value to us and enjoy their lives. So, so for me, the reason that I'm so committed to this is in environments where I've consulted where people are just in pain, as Jim said, they, they medicate after work. In some cases, they medicate before work. So what is it that we can do from a business perspective to drive 
economic value and from a human perspective to create environments where people love the work they do and they go home feeling energized. They're better parents, they're better spouses, they're better partners, they're better community members. All of these things that create a, a world where where we have a higher quality of living, not because of the amount of money we make or the special gadgets, but because of how we treat one another, building this capacity to form agreements. So we're going to go to break now, and then we'll come back to Anna Claudia and Annabelle. This is Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, and we're talking about creating vibrancy within our organizations and with the people with whom we work. We'll be right back. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to the third segment of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We're talking about organizational vibrancy with Anna Claudia, Jim Ritchie Dunham, and Annabelle. So let's go back to Anna Claudia and tell us a little bit more about the experience, Anna Claudia and Annabelle. What happened? What kind of results were you getting? Um, we can talk about uh, specific uh, initiatives uh, if it's uh, it's a good idea for you. And um, for instance, uh, taking uh, our the previous example that I was telling you on uh, backup program, um, we thought we had to have we have to have uh, a structured and strong backup program. And uh, in that sense, uh, we we need sharing, knowledge sharing, and um, we didn't have that kind of culture of knowledge sharing. And to do so, we opened the space uh, to the people in the organization and to share whatever kind of gifts they have, related or not, with the um, with the the business, and. Uh, 
we did the invitation and nothing happened. And nothing happened uh, during the first six months because people are not uh, used to be treated as a person, uh, a complete person. But after six months, people come with a lot, a lot of ideas. And some of them were uh, preparing um, a diploma course in uh, in association with the university and with um, a specific subject matter um, related with the business. Some other ideas is it was uh, partnering with some um, providers to build up an event a day focused on technology and searching for new technologies and way to ways to apply that to the financial service sec- sector and um, and that gave them the the possibility to learn how to share that sharing for the organization is fundamental because with that kind of practice of sharing knowledge we uh, could have this uh, leap from uh, the knowledge of one subject to the profound knowledge of four subjects. And that, re- that, that is something, it's a very concrete measure of changing agreements because never ever people were invited to bring up uh, their initiative. And that have a, a bottom line result in three years, we have a bottom line result of approximately 20% of our early uh, budget. So it's it's significant. It's uh, it's not just uh, for the the well-being or uh, people are more happy. What we do know is that people are more happy. They are more productive. They can deliver more of themselves and the quality is much better. So those are the things that we are sh- searching for. And uh, um, it's it's very clear when we, uh, Jim was um, telling us that, and when we think as um, I'm economist and uh, as a, a CEO or ex- executive, when you start to think that you're paying for something and you're having less than uh, 20% of the potential of that something, uh, you don't pay for that. But why you do that with people? Because it's absolutely the same. We're paying a salary and we are having the 20% of the potential of that individual. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Uh, Maybe Annabelle can uh, also talk about that experience. (laughs) Well, there's two things I want to talk about the experience. One is one of the examples that Anna Claudia was talking about um, that for me was a really a, the perfect example of out of the box think- thinking that was the, the this small group uh, building up a really uh, full program with an university and teaching that uh, to the to the inside workers and for also for the partners and for the client so that that was something that uh, that happened and that helps to bring up individual results and uh, uh, make better uh, relationships with the client and with the other providers so that that was like a huge example of what can happen with this kind of design and the second thing is about that this this kind of process helps you to have a really good assessment and to be uh, changing the design, adapting the design, depending on where is the people and where is the the organization and what the organization is ready to to go into the next step. So, for in in specific in in this example with with the bank, um, we did that in the very first part of the process but at the end of the process we were doing things uh very interesting things about people going into expanding their learning capabilities 
So they were already into the sharing and they were already into learning and the, the learning of how to share t with others how they knew and, how, and the knowledge and capabilities and the skills. So uh, in, in a second phase, we were doing programs to help them to realize that they could be learning even more than they could imagine. So, and that was another great experience, a beautiful experience and how to look at people doing that. Because I mean, I have like a tons of examples of individuals that really expand the capabilities of how they do that. So it sounds like in, in your examples, people are moving from 20% productivity to significantly higher. And that the organization in leveraging their skills created uh, more profitability, uh, smarter people, which translated again in an IT company to backups, quicker response to clients. You were able to take on more clients without bringing more people in all which are driving flexibility. The other thing we've talked about outside of the interview, but not in, is the idea of cost of scarcity. So if the opposite of vibrancy is scarcity, that there's actually a concrete mapping process. So we, we take the survey, we look at agreements, and we also map where am I losing financial return and human potential with regard to each of these agreements. So, so there's a lot more structure behind the survey that we're able to do a quantitative mapping and target the highest highest return areas first. Can you tell us a little bit about that? If I can answer some of the questions that you made before about the direct impact is because we had a chance not only to do the survey and the agreements map, but we measured the cost of scarcity in the beginning and the cost of scarcity at the end. And the difference is the real impact of that uh, transformation. So for uh, executive perspective, it's much more powerful to have a, a really scientific and proved and serious uh, study that can tell you how much was the impact of a transformational process uh, to communicate that in a regular basis that uh, as you said previously I had to, to do it's much stronger to have that kind of uh, proof, concrete measurement uh, then I have the feeling that was good I have roughly the idea that impact it's it's something that we cannot say. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we have that, that kind of tools, and that's one of the reasons why I think this framework makes a lot of sense nowadays, is having that concrete tools to measure, to assess the impact mm -hmm. of a transformational process. And the tools also, I'm assuming, directed where you invested your energies. So I, I do the mapping, it tells me the highest return is here, so your consultants, your team, and you are gonna focus on those areas, obviously, right? You're not gonna focus on the stuff that doesn't matter. Uh, and the reason I bring that up, though, is as consultants, we don't always have such a clear map on where to, to focus. We know there's something broken. Uh, having worked on engagement assessments, we know that something's wrong, but we do, and then we tell people to go figure it out, and they they decide to have pizza lunches. Well, that doesn't really fix the engagement problem. It's it makes them not hungry for pizza on Wednesdays or bagels or whatever. And so, one of the things that I personally really like is the depth of analysis in this suite of tools. That vibrancy is a choice sounds like a. a a, a simple tagline and yet underneath that there are these levels of vibrancy and having been in organizations that were vibrant and those that weren't there's a real difference and and again for our listeners if, if you just take a minute and think about where were the where were the places you worked where you were most productive and most excited and where were the places you couldn't wait to get out you're looking at the clock and you can see the minutes tick by and it just seems like forever. 
So how do we create these places that are, are more vibrant? And then the tools that underlie those are what agreements are we making? And then using this cost of scarcity, we can identify, well, the, it's the performance management process that's really disengaging people or it's how we give feedback, or it's that we don't give any feedback, or we don't have expectations. It, there are such a broad range of things that we do, levers that we pull in essence, in running organizations and when done right. And this agreements map really helps us look at what are those levers, and they're not always what we would intuitively think, which is why we haven't fixed them, right? So having a tool that helps us diagnose and then a set of proven experiences and also companies who are thriving that we can go visit. So it's not just Annabelle or Jim or Maureen or Anna Claudia says this is so, so you should believe it, but we're encouraging people to get together in these vibrant organizations and share best practices. So I'm going to wrap up with information on how to reach the Vibrancy organization, and that is on the website, www.vibrancystory.com. And Jim has suggested that you can take the assessment for free, and we strongly encourage you to do that. From a research perspective, more data is better. So please take it. Encourage other people to take it. And if you are interested in then, after you see your results, having deeper conversations, certainly through the website, reach out. There are blog posts, Jim posts every week. You can find him through LinkedIn. Uh, you can find him through the Metcalf blog, but his is certainly more robust, giving examples of each week what are what is happening within the vibrancy organization and case studies. I really encourage you to, as a takeaway, go take this, the survey. Nobody will come knocking on your door or harass you with anything. Take it, get the information, see how you're doing, and think about then what is your next step in how do you frame your agreements within your organization or within your family? And what one agreement might you change to help you be more effective? Thank you again for joining Innovative Leaders, and thank you to Jim, Annabelle, and Anna Claudia for sharing your experiences and wisdom with us. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.